Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks, voted best podcast of 2022 by the readers of Phoenix Magazine. On this episode, man, did it rain over the weekend in the valley. Lots of monsoon storms. We'll talk about it. Also, Joe Biden has COVID again. Does this mean he's a long hauler? And the county that has the least commute time. It's not Maricopa. That's surprising to me. All that and a whole lot more is coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 210. You know what one thing I really miss about Arizona? What's that? The monsoon season. Mm, I'm not sure if I really miss it. I mean, it was fascinating. It was fascinating, but it was also a huge pain in the butt a lot of times. Well, that's because we had a uh, we didn't have a good uh, water system to take the water from the f- roof of the house off of the off of the roof into the yard. So we had to make our own bucket. We had to make our own flood bucket. Well, that was until we got gutters put on, and then it was right. fine. After and then it was had, okay. Yeah, but I mean, it was just a pain in the butt. Otherwise, I mean, it was like down branches and. Like clogged gutters. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, not and we never had like a leaking roof or anything. But I mean, luckily, yeah. And then just you know, seeing what happened other places, like people who had trees come down through their roof. We had a friend whose tree came down through a roof. That's right. Um, and you know, like, and then this week I saw that there was like the canopy on a Circle K blew over. Yeah, the intense <laughs> weather hit the valley on Saturday with everything from walls of dust to torrential rain, and many streets were flooded which meant big splashes for drivers. One guy was driving down the street when he decided to pull over into a Circle K. He says, it was coming down really hard. I was almost out of gas. I pulled under the Ramada to, to one, get some gas, and two, get away from the water and the hail that was coming down. So this is near 7th Street and Coral Gables in Phoenix when he pulled into the Circle K. Not very far from where we used to live. That's right. (laughs) He was there for about a minute, he says, watching things die down, but they never did. The next thing he knows, oops, he said, I tried to swipe my card. It wasn't working. Before I know it, I hear some creaking and look over. The pylon is about a foot and a half away from me. I look over and it just comes right down and lands right on my car. The roof of the gas pumps fell on Farron, and he was rattled. I'd be rattled, too, if that happened to me. (laughs) No doubt. No amount of insurance is going to keep you from being rattled about that. That's right. Oh, my gosh. He says, it was crazy. I've never had anything collapse right in front of me, let alone right on my car, so it was definitely surreal. A family saw the roof topple and drove Farron home about a mile away. I can't believe that. That that is uh, that's one of those things where where you have a better chance of winning the lottery than having a a te- a, a roof like that collapse on you. You know, one time I was coming home. Um, I had been at an event and I dropped a friend off, and I was coming across Northern near Nineteenth, and it the rain was. Re- I mean, it was a monsoon. It was, it was sideways, ridiculous, and the streets were starting to fill up. Like not just at, at intersections or low points, but like everywhere. Yeah. So I pulled into the parking lot that had covered parking right. inside of it, and just pulled under one of those covered parking things, and just sat and just sat there because the parking lot was a little bit higher than the street. And I was like, and and I had called you. You could hardly hear anything because it was. And then I just texted you. It was, and I was like, that's just like a river out there. Yeah. And while I was sitting in that parking lot, and people, other people were in the parking lot too, under the things and and talking to each other and saying they could see radar on their phones or whatever. But while I was sitting in the car, lightning struck nearby. And split this tree into that was like literally like, mm, I don't know, a 50 yards away from me, maybe. Wow. 
had to, it was terrifying because like the whole entire parking lot lit up like my hair stood up on my head and then i looked over there and it didn't start on fire it just split it in half oh okay. but it was like smoking where it had hit it was crazy and i was like oh my god what if i had parked over there right <laughs> that's right, exactly. crazy and all the people standing outside stupid much better off in your car because the rubber from your wheels will protect you from lightning strike right rather than standing outside where you're not protected that's true yeah so this man named mr farron said you know monsoons get pretty wild i've never seen anything like this i've seen fallen trees in front of cars and all that stuff but i've never had a whole ramada fall on my car and come over here to see another car sunk 20 minutes later it's definitely a surreal experience well that's it's terrifying especially at a gas station because they have all those underground tanks i mean that that's Got to be a big consideration there, too. What? <laughs> you know? You know, like gasoline that could catch on mm-hmm. fire? Right. Yeah, exactly. So he's just lucky that he wasn't killed. Yeah, and then there was flash flooding throughout. Did you see that, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, there's video of uh, somebody in Queen, Cre- Queen Creek that's basically looking at their through the window, and the rain is coming down sideways. Mm-hmm. It's just an, an intense storm. It really was. Yeah. Uh, all over, from Casa Grande all the way over to Surprise. I mean, I do kind of miss it because it's kind of exciting to be in the <laughs> monsoon. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, I'm like, yeah, but I don't really. I mean, I like it. I, 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 I actually like having regular seasons again. You know, we have four seasons where we live right. now. And, and it rains, you know, probably once a week at least it rains. And not even like thunder and lightning, just a regular rainstorm. Right. You know? That's true. Yeah. And and let's face it, the past couple of years has not been very good for monsoon weather. It well, really has. And you know, last year was, but the, I think the the years before that were really bad. They hadn't. Yeah, that's and true. And it takes several years. Well, not several. I mean, I think it takes like seven years of regular mon- like good monsoon rain to get to get out of a drought. And so, oh, so they're we're far really from, behind. Far from it. Yeah. 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 Also in the news this week, a new study has come out. What county do you think has the worst commute? In what, the United States? In Arizona. Oh, in Arizona. Uh, uh, Tucson. What what county is Tucson in? I don't know. That's my guess. Pinal County? Yeah. Wow. How did you know that? Because I hate driving in Tucson. Haven't you ever heard me talk about how much I hate Tucson? Yeah, that's true. Number five is Yavapai County with the average commute time 23 minutes. Pima County is number four, average commute time, 24 minutes. Number three, and this surprised me, is Maricopa County. I thought Maricopa County was going to be number one. Yeah, we have, you know, Phoenix is built on, well, the Phoenix, but the entire metro area, which is Maricopa County, is built on a really solid grid. So you can usually escape something by just getting onto a surface street. Right. Their average commute time is 26 minutes, 0.7 minutes longer than the state average. Apache County is number two, 27 Where's minutes. Where's Apache County? I think it's up north. Oh. I think it's way up north. And number one is Pinal County. Average commute time, 31 minutes, 5.7 minutes longer than the state average. You know why? It's because everything's under construction there, for one thing. Is that what it is? <laughs> and they don't have any kind of highways lo- that are like true highways looping the city. So you get on these these thoroughfares that are supposed to loop you around the city, but they have stoplights all along them. And oh, it's, I see. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst. I hate driving in Tucson. <laughs> Way to go, though. I didn't know. I didn't think you would get that I because I thought it was going to be Maricopa I mean, County I thought about I Yuma, but then I'm like, Yuma's so small, you know, so. Yeah, y- Yuma doesn't have as many people, and Yuma County uh, came in at number 11. Mm. Average commute time, 20 minutes. 
The least amount is La Paz County. Average commute time, 14.4 minutes. I mean, and who are they talking about? Are they like, where are they driving to? Like, most people, if they live in some of those more rural counties, they work in those counties. Like, they know. That's true. I I mean, I don't know. I I, I mean, I have friends who live over, like, who who live in um well they they work in Havasu but they live further south i can't think of the name of the town further parker. south parker they live in parker so they have a commute time but they choose that you know it's not like they're right. like like you know it's like oh the traffic's so bad it's like we choose to live in parker even though our business is in Havasu you right. know right right you know you had the worst commute i don't know how you did it for as long as you did you had to go from surprise all the way downtown. Yeah, but when I commuted from Surprise, I usually only drove one day a week, and that was the day that I went I went to Seroptimus in Glendale, and then I would drive from Glendale into downtown. And by the time Seroptimus got out, like traffic wasn't usually so bad. Right. B- but the rest of the time, I actually rode the bus. I rode what was called an uh, express bus, which means not it wasn't a typical city bus. It didn't stop like everywhere. It just picked up. It had a point of origin, and then it started dropping off starting at the um, downtown where all the buses come in. I can't even think of what the that's called. The bus depot? It's not called a depot, but it's called something like that. And then it would come around the government loop and drop people off all along the government loop, which is like, you know, the attorney general's office, the Supreme Court, the Capitol right. building. Right. And, and, and then I would pick that up again at night, the express, and it would pick, I w- it would pick me up at my, at my, um, like right across the street. Well, it dropped me off right office, across the right? street from my office. On the and it was a one way, and I'd pick it up on the other one way, going the other way at night. And so usually my commute to Surprise was an hour. I mean, at least at night. Sometimes in the morning it was usually only thirty five or forty minutes. Oh, get out of here! And I read. I would read on the bus, and and I I actually enjoyed. It. So when I moved and I moved to Goodyear, I thought, oh, I'm going to keep riding the bus, but I didn't because the bus riding the express out of Goodyear was never. Was never an express bus. Well, it was ne- It was always caught in traffic on the I ten. Oh, I see. And it there was so much construction because of the two hundred two was still being built then, right. and it was like it was never. It was hardly worth riding the bus. I, I would rather just come in late at like nine o'clock, which at nine o'clock that was way past when any of the buses left, right. and work until six then to ride the bus. I, I, it just felt like I got more out of my day if I did that. So I. Once I moved to Goodyear, I didn't do that. But yeah, when I lived in Surprise, I rode, oh, <laughs> I rode I the bus four days a week, and I actually enjoyed it because it was an express bus. So everybody on the bus was like me; they worked basically somewhere downtown. And, and remember, they opened those HOV lanes, and everybody started carpooling, mm-hmm. and then the HOV lanes filled up. Right, and and the buses go in HOV lanes. But you know, I tell you what, the great thing about riding a bus that is an express bus like that. Is that everybody on there is, they're also professionals, you know, so you're not riding with homeless people or yeah, whatever, you know, right. whatever. And and the other thing about it was that my, my employer paid for my bus pass. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I worked for the state of Arizona. It was part of their green initiative. So we got to work from home one day a week. So a lot of times I would choose my work from home day to be the day I had Seroptimus. So I'd just go into Glendale and then I'd turn around and come back to Surprise and never have to even go into downtown. Right. Um, so we got to work from home one day a week. That was part of their green initiative. And then they paid for my bus pass. So that's great. Yeah. But I don't know how you sat on a bus for 40, 40, 40 45, 50 minutes. I really I don't. just read. I know. I know. But I would I would go stir crazy. 
because I wasn't moving because I was so used to because I didn't working at the radio station. I had off hours. I didn't have a commute necessarily. I mean, it took you like 15 minutes to get there because there was never traffic. You're right. There was never traffic because I'd go in about 11 o'clock. And then, or noon. And then when we moved in 2013, your commute was like six minutes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because we lived right off the 51 and the uh, the station was at Northern and 16th Street. But now your commute is like, what, a minute and a half? Oh, at least. <laughs> At least a minute and a half because we're right near the radio station. I mean, station, it might so take you a little better. bit longer if you have to scrape your windows if you're not parking in the garage. Oh, that's true. <laughs> right? That's true. But yeah, I can usually make it to work in two minutes, less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's really nice. Yeah. Um, also in the news, I, th- I don't know if you saw this or not, but Joe Biden has the worst luck. He's got COVID again. Paxlovid rebound. Now, what is that? What is the Paxlovid rebound? Because you were on Paxlovid. Paxlovid is an antiviral that pushes back the virus really well. So when you get on it, it's assuming you start taking it early on when you have symptoms. So it's not something that you... Like after you've had, you know, COVID symptoms for a month, you start taking it. It's not going to work then. This is like early onset when you know you've just gotten COVID. You take the Paxlovid and it pushes the virus back and gives your body time to build the antibodies, the antigens to, to fight it. And then once your your course of, of drugs ends, it actually resurges because your body hasn't quite built up that resistance yet. And you have all the symptoms again. Sometimes you even test positive again. And that's what what Joe Biden did. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let me get this straight. Paxlovid doesn't cure you. Oh no no, it's it just, just an antiviral. It, it just pushes it. It's back. an antiviral. So unlike an antibiotic that actually goes in and kills the bacteria, an antiviral. There's no way to actually go and kill the virus. What your body has to do is, like like with flu shots, it has to know how to build its immune system to to um, fight against it so that it can't continue infecting you. Right. Viruses work very different from bacteria. So this antiviral medicine basically pushes it back while your body is building those things like the immunities that you would get if you got a flu shot. Or And, and, and obviously that's why we have the coronavirus vaccines the same way. It's teaching your body to, through your DNA, which is different than any kind of vaccine we had before, right. to fight the virus. And he is vaccinated. But so and boosted what, too. And so was I. But you know, I've said this before on the program. I have a friend who had a lung transplant. It took her four full dose vaccines before her blood was testing for having antigens. Wow! So it, unless you're unless you're doing it, unless you're getting the vaccine and then your blood is being tested and it's, they're monitoring you very close, which they're not doing for any of the rest of us, only for people who have compromised immune systems like those with, who have had organ transplants, right. you're not going to know whether your vaccine actually built you up the resistance that you think it should. And in our family, we're all vaccinated, we're all boosted, and yet our son and I both got COVID, me much worse than he did, and our daughter, who was exposed, like... Like, she did nothing to protect herself from us. Right. Never got it. Yeah, she never got it at all. So her vaccine obviously took better than ours did. You know? I guess that's so the only that reason the I you... can think. That's the only way I can think of that she wouldn't have got it. Oh, I see. Because okay. we did nothing to protect her from it. She was sleeping with her brother. Right. She was in the same bed. But it did, it, I, I don't know. Maybe she has a stronger immunity to it. I don't know. And that's because, because of, of the, her vaccine. Because of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. She says it's because she got she got Pfizer and we got Moderna. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that he has a long haul uh, situation, no, right? Be- no, because he's, I mean, it's what he's only like seven, eight, nine days into it. 
Long haul is when your symptoms last like beyond Months. like 60 days or something, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not long so haul. He, it's just a resurgence of of the uh, of well, the virus. He's still, well, he's still going to isolate. He's still going to work from his from the uh from the White House, just not in the Oval Office. So he's going to take precautions. Oh, right. He's not going to be near staff. But I mean, the thing is, is that you can talk to everybody basically, like almost virtually, like with using like that Zoom sort of technology. Right. That you d- wouldn't necessarily have to be in the same room as them to be able to interact with them. You know, I don't know. Especially when you know people. It's different when you are on a, you know this. It's different than when you're on a Zoom call with somebody you've never met before. Right. Than when you're on a Zoom call with somebody you know. Because when you're on a Zoom call with somebody you already know, you have a working relationship with, then it seems more fluid and natural and like you're having that back and forth exchange. Yeah. Whereas if it's somebody you don't know, it's hard to read their body language through the computer. True. So he can probably continue working just as he always has with his staff without actually having contact with them. I'm just glad he's not a long hauler because that would be brutal. Well, not yet. I mean. And especially being 79 years old. That's the other thing I worry about. You know, and they and they, they took lots of precautions. But of course, they were, they, like everyone else, was walking back a lot of those things like face masks all the time right. and only when we were in close contact but not having a lot of close contact with constituents and people not doing all the you know handshaking and stuff and but it's hard to say when you're going to get it i mean yeah that's true now arguably when we got it we put ourselves in a much more risky situation by going to disney world right like the president would never go to disney world so where he got it i mean i don't know i mean but you don't know what your staff is doing either you can't control it's it's like saying you know that you you did this with these people but what did those people do and what did those the people that those people do knew do as well so it's it's kind of like you know you don't know what people are doing when they're in their off hours so that's true that's just some of the news this week thanks cricket thank you mac Mac Watson Talks, award-winning, Best of the Valley 2022. Are you getting our bonus episodes, or are you just getting the episodes that you're listening to right now on your favorite podcast platforms? If you're not getting bonus material every week, you need to go to patreon.com slash Talks to get all the greatest latest on what's happening with the Watsons, our crazy childhood stories. You want to know what you're missing? Well, here's just a snippet. There's a time when you need to stop wearing overalls, people. But Seriously. not if you're on a farm. I mean, that's the that's the yeah, de those, rigueur. Those people are not farmers. Oh. And besides, a Whoops. farmer doesn't wear cut-off overalls with boots oh. that sparkle. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Oh, jeez. Want to hear the rest? Go to patreon.com slash Talks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And for as little as $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every week. Plus, you can catch up on 70 bonus episodes over the last two years. So what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com today. Time for the Smackdown. And this time I'm smacking down Father Time. Yeah, that's right. We all get older. And even the Pope is admitting... You know what? I either need to give this up or I need to retire because I can't go on the same pace that I did. Pope Francis admitted Saturday he needs to slow down, telling reporters after a six-day trip to Canada that he cannot maintain his pace of international travel and he may think about retiring. He said, I don't think I can go at the same pace I used to travel, said the 85-year-old Pope, who suffers pain in his knee that has seen him increasingly reliant on a wheelchair. He says, I think that at my age and with this limitation, I have to save myself a little bit 
to be able to serve the church, or alternatively, to think about the possibility of stepping aside. Now, it's not the first time Francis has raised the possibility of following the example set by his predecessor, Benedict XVI, who quit over his own failing health in 2013 and now is living quietly in Vatican City, still with his red shoes, I bet. In 2014, a year into his papacy, Francis told reporters that if his health had had gotten the way of his functions as pope, he would consider stepping down. In May, as reported in the Italian media, Francis joked about his need during a closed-door meeting with bishops, saying, rather than operate, I'll resign. The door is open, he says. It's one of the normal options, but up until now, I haven't knocked on this door, he said Saturday. But that doesn't mean the day after tomorrow I don't start thinking about it, right? But right now, I honestly don't. Also, this trip was a little bit of a test. It is true that you cannot make trips in this state. You have to maybe change the style a little bit, decrease, pay off the debts of the trips you still have to make, rearrange. But the Lord will tell. The door is open. That is true. I just can't believe that we'd have two popes in a row retire rather than die in office because that's what they usually do. They usually die in, in, in popedom rather than retiring. But this would make the second pope in a row, if he were to retire, to do so. And that is the SmackDown. You hear the music, you know what that means. It's time for the last word. Cache Valley in Logan, Utah, helps Schreiber Foods in Logan break the world record for the largest bowl of macaroni and cheese on Friday, making over 4,700 pounds of the food. Company officials said they wanted to do something special to celebrate their 50th birthday in the business. Jay Johnson, plant manager at Schreiber Foods, said 50 years of producing great food is something to celebrate about. The milk portion of the macaroni and cheese was so heavy it was poured with the help of a forklift. The previous Guinness World Record, just under 2,500 pounds. People from all over Cache Valley came to visit as the company made the macaroni and cheese, including one 13-year-old who had no place he'd rather be on his birthday than at the record-breaking bowl of mac and cheese. Other spectators were shocked when they saw how big the bowl was. One person in attendance said, It's like, holy crap, that's a big bowl of mac and cheese. The company says the big bowl of macaroni and cheese has been planned for about a year. Well, you know, good for them. At least there's a, a a record set that maybe a first grader cares about. Until next time! Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners.